Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm so excited and honored to have with me Candy McVicker, and she is a very talented woman. Um, She is an author, she is a speaker, and the co-founder and executive director of the Missing Grace Foundation. Um, So she is just a woman of many talents, and Candy, I'm so excited to have with you on the show today. Thank you. I am really excited for our talk. Yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, kind of your backstory? Yeah, well, I um, I have been married to my bestie for uh, coming up on 24 years, and we were really excited to have a big family. We were hopeful to have that include both adoption and natural birth. And, and we we had our first pregnancy was a a really difficult pregnancy as many have had. So I I knew that that was possible, but it was quite difficult. And um, sadly, um, the end of our pregnancy did not end well, and we Mm. lost our firstborn. Mm. So we experienced a stillbirth of grace, and Mm. that was December 20, 2001. And um, I'm right out the chute sharing that because that can just change the trajectory of life for me. And um, and all of a sudden I was thrown into this grief world and I hadn't really had a lot of exposure to this particular issue. And, um, I'd had a few friends have miscarriages, but really nothing else than that. Yeah. And so I started to look for support and I couldn't find any, I wrote to all these organizations and people never replied. It was very strange. And, mm-hmm. um, my husband and I were like, wow, maybe, maybe we're supposed to do this. Maybe we're supposed to just create a peer support network and begin to discuss this issue and topic more. And so in a very short period of time, from the time of creating my website to three months after my daughter's stillbirth, I had an organization that was already thriving. I was getting over a hundred emails a day and people were writing to me from all over the world, sharing their stories and and really just connecting with the heart of our story. And so that was very apparent that we need to offer more resources, more support. People felt that that was lacking in their communities. And so we began putting on conferences and starting support groups and working with providing hospitals with resources because many parents left with empty arms and nothing that they got for helping them through that very difficult time in their life. Yeah. And um, here we are, you know, over... 20 plus years later, uh, running this organization called Missing Grace Foundation. And I'm the founder with my husband and executive director, as you said, and we, um, we are volunteer led most of the people involved in our foundation are volunteers. And, and, you know, we, um, we work all over the nation We're we're based in Minnesota and in South Carolina, we have an office in both. Okay. Uh, but it's a big passion of mine. And, and I, I love what I get to do with that. Um, my my great passion as well as being a mom. I do have two living children. So I always say I have two in heaven and two on earth. And so my next two pregnancies were a lot of bed rests. And um, I had my, my next baby was in the hospital for uh, 10 days after 
being born. Um, and I was, I was in the hospital for a significant amount of time. She had a, an, a triple nuchal cord and she had a lot of issues that were, um, potentially going to take her life. Like I went into labor at 20 weeks and wow. my body started to deliver her and it was stopped. And so, um, my next pregnancy, uh, was much easier and things got better. And I kind of started to learn more about holistic health and natural ways to do things. And it really changed my, my health overall. Like everything began yeah. to change, um, how I ate, what I did in my life. Um, and my pregnancy was so much easier and so much better. And so I have Grace and then Tatum, who's 18, Talia, who's 14. And then we had a surprise miracle uh, pregnancy when I shouldn't have been able to be pregnant anymore. And we're, we have another deposit in heaven. And that was baby promise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's always hard. Why did we lose that baby? I don't know. But I know that heaven is populated with beautiful, precious, beloved children. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And we didn't know the gender for sure. So we named that baby promise and uh, they miscarried at 15 weeks. Mm. And then through my journey, uh, you know, my husband and I worked very hard to keep our marriage strong. And whenever it was faltering, we, we went to marriage conferences and we, we would add tools to our toolbox, like love and respect yep. and the, like love languages and so good and things to just augment, you know, our communication and, and try to help us yeah. to be better, not yep. just for each other, but individually so that we could be yeah. better people. Um, the five love language, languages ended up being a, a really important part of our um, strengthening of our marriage because mm -hmm. we started to learn um, how to love the person the way they wanted to be loved, not the way we, we wanted to be loved. <laughs> and and um, so we, we, um, we have a wild and crazy story I can share, but um, I ended up writing a book with Dr. Gary Chapman and it's called five love languages for grieving parents, holding on to love after you lost a baby. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was a journey um, in itself, just learning to become an author. I'd, I'd authored a, um, in another book as a, you know, a collection of stories, but mm -hmm. this was my first book writing uh, together with one other person. So Anyway, that's, that's, um, my journey. I, I, um, I'm very active in my kids world and my husband and I are active in our church and then running the ministry and, um, speaking and teaching. Yeah. So something happened though with your faith and God really got a hold of you and you really walk in the power of God in your life right now. Can you talk about that transition and how that shifted for you? Like how the difficulties, the difficulties that you went through actually brought you closer to God? Cause I feel like there's people listening that are hearing and they're like, they're struggling with loss themselves and they're struggling with grief. And you have so much hope. Like you are such a mentor and you're such a leader. And I'd love it if you could share how God moved in you. Well, I started my life with Jesus at eight. Like I grew up being brought to the Catholic church with my grandma. And then my mom uh, went to Presbyterian church and met my, um, my stepdad in a uh, Bible study. And then they sent me to church camp and this church camp was in California. And I, I was walking through the forest one day and I had a radical encounter with Jesus. Like I didn't know that was possible. It happened to me. I fell flat on my face in a forest walking by myself. And the Lord spoke to me audibly and asked if I would serve him. 
And I said to the Lord with my hands in pine needles on the ground and my face to the ground, I'll serve you, Lord. I give you my life. I, I, you know, yes, you are, you are God. And I ran to my counselor, you know, through the forest, like my heart racing. Cause I Mm -hmm. I was just like, I couldn't believe I I had goosebumps head to toe for like two hours. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, I, I encountered Jesus and, and I, I asked him into my life and, and he spoke to me and she was like crying and it was just like, Whoa. And after uh-huh. that, I could I couldn't stop talking to you about Jesus to everybody. Uh-huh. Like, oh, she's gonna talk about Jesus again. Jeez, you know. <laughs> this was like the kid who's like, Do you know Jesus? Jesus loves you. And yeah, you know, I, yeah. I had such a strong faith. And so um, you know, my faith was I I I went to the Toronto Blessing meetings, I I went to all these different uh-huh. you know, conferences, and I I had I had like radical encounters with Jesus ongoing, and I I had this wow. strong, vibrant faith. And then my daughter dies Mm. and it was like, I had this, everything was shook in my life. Like I, my faith took a beating through that. And I, um, I had this idea in my head that isn't really truly biblical, but I felt like God protected his children. and, And because I was, daily doing devotions and worshiping and praying and involved in serving in the church and not as a, as a checklist of things to do. I was passionate. I love doing it. It wasn't because I felt I had to, it's because I enjoyed doing that, but I had this idea that I had this supernatural covering and, and, you know, biblically it says we will have, we will have trials and tribulations, but we'll overcome. And we are more than victorious through Jesus Christ, you know? So I kind of skipped the part that we will have trials and tribulations. And so when this, when this terrible thing happened, you know, I felt like my Abba daddy abandoned me. Mm. I I just, and, and I had this view of him being like a ref on a, on a field and like a foul play happened. And, you know, the enemy did something really bad on the wrong team and he just did something wrong. And I'm, I'm arguing with the ref going, why didn't you stop that? Why didn't you call the play different? Like that, that shouldn't have happened. Why yeah. are you letting it play out? Yeah. And, and and like he like almost like he just stood there on the side and didn't, you know, make a change or do something. Cause I was praying right up until she was born. Cause we found out there was no more heartbeat after my seventh visit to the clinic. And I kept going in saying the baby's not moving much. The baby's not moving much. And they would tell me I was a worried first time mom and everything was fine, but it was actually a really serious situation and she needed an emergency C-section. And so I, I, there were many times that she could have been saved, right? If somebody had made the right call to intervene and get me to the hospital. And, and then, you know, I knew of miracle stories of people's babies living after and even being dead and pronounced dead and being raised yeah. to life. So I'm believing in the God who's going to raise the baby to life. Wow. And so even at the birth, I looked at her and I was so stunned that, you know, she wasn't breathing because I've been praying through 24 hours of labor. She's going to be alive. She's going to breathe. Absolutely. Right. She is not dying. Absolutely. So I've prayed for this child for, I started praying for my babies when I was 12. Mm-hmm. When I found out that all the eggs we ever will have are with us at birth, that they, they, we are developing our eggs in utero 
And, and then all the eggs, it doesn't keep maturing and, and new ones like sperm is new every time it's, it's literally in, in us. And that was such a revelation at 12 years old. And so I said, I'm going to pray for my babies now. And so every time I had a period, I would pray that God would bless my womb and help me be fruit, fruitful. Oh. And so, I mean, I was just like, not having this, like this wasn't okay. And then, you know, I also had flatline during labor. So I had a, a death experience and I chose to come back and I came back because I thought she's going to be alive with me. Mm. And if God had shown me grace, I, I think I probably wouldn't be here today. I, mm. I would have gone to her, you know, because mm. there's a, such a strong bond for mother and child. And so mm-hmm. anyway, I ended up um, going through deep depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and anger. And I was in a bad place. It was like, I couldn't even pray because I was like, God already knows my prayers. You know, he's sovereign. He understands he's all knowing. I can't pray any different to change the outcome that's already done. And now I just have, I'm left to have to go forward here, but I felt vulnerable. Like Mm. I felt safe in your embrace before. And now I'm feeling vulnerable. Like there is no safe. And, wow. and I was really struggling with how do I contend with that in my faith? How do I, I know you are God. I wasn't doubting the fact that he's the creator of the heavens of the earth and he sent his only son, but yeah. I was struggling with what does our relationship look like yeah. now? Cause I was very relational with my, my faith. It wasn't just a distant God. We mm. were best friends and close and, you know, and so but I ultimately, you know, I feel like God is so patient in the wrestle and in the struggle and he, he does weep with us. And I felt his tenderness. I felt his presence, but you know, I tell my friends, just pray for me. I can't even pray right now, mm. which is so weird. I'm an intercessor. I pray constantly. I pray all throughout the day. Like I'm always praying and they, they, um, they were, they were freaking out. Cause they're like, here's this rock solid Christian that we've known all these years. And she's so strong in her faith. And I would lead people to the Lord and I would point people to scripture. And I, you know, went to school for ministry and I, and now I'm like, I didn't, couldn't even go to church. I didn't go mm-hmm. to church for two years. I, every church service was like, Oh, it's baby dedication day. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, celebrate mothers and fathers. And, you know, and they wouldn't mention us who didn't have our living children. And, and it was, you are good, good. You know, and I'd just be like, you're good, good God. And, and I was like, okay, are you good right now? I'm feeling like you're not, you know, but I yeah. know you, I'm just telling you the real honest wrestle. Okay? It was a hard struggle. And, yeah. um, you know, and I really had to ponder, there's a thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy, but mm-hmm. I am the author of life and I came to give life into the full. And so the wrestle in that, the, the, the constant battle there mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. going on, you know, yeah. we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the rulers and principalities of this dark world. So mm-hmm. I started to just get insight into the battle and how God in his mercy and in, in his love cannot interfere with free will mm-hmm. that he cannot you know, I, I imagined him speaking to those doctors saying, do something. And they ignored him. Mm. I imagined him, you know, doing different things to try to intervene and Mm. and others failed me because they failed him, you know, too. There were many times I think he did try to help and to do something. And also God showed me there's recompense in the kingdom of God. And though I couldn't have her back, I had to make a choice. Do I want to save other lives 
that her life makes a difference and we can honor her and give her a legacy in this life. And that what the enemy meant for evil, he's going to regret it because we're going to now save way more lives than what he took with ours that we're going to advocate and we're going to advocate and we're going, and and we have, I've got so many beautiful letters and emails and texts from people who've said, my baby's alive because of what you taught Mm -hmm. me. And I've had doctors call us and say, because you consulted with my patient and told them come back or, you know, to, to get seen again, because the doctor sent them away and said, no, go back again. Yeah. There's something developing. Something is not right. You instinctively know that God has been showing you that. Yes. And they took her home from the hospital. And, and it was like, she was about to have a major incident because she was developing a um, placental abruption and wow. the baby would have died instantly. And so she went back in and they did a crash C-section because the baby just tanked when she went back in. And I said, go back in. I don't want to be a pest. I don't want to bother the doctor. They've already, I know. I'm going to be delivering in another week. And I said, no, go back in. You have to go back in. I have a very strong feeling. If you don't go, this baby doesn't make it. Yeah. And, you know, I, to have a doctor contact me and say, I'm so thankful that, wow. you know, I missed it. I would have missed this. And then we did a talk as well with the doctors. Uh, I had a doctor come and speak to, 150 doctors and nurses in the hospital I delivered at, and then a friend who lost her baby in a tragic way also and in her hospital. And, and this doctor came and taught how to um, prevent these situations, how to identify cord issues, how to manage cord situations and pregnancies. And my, one of my doctors who had sent me away on those seven visits walked up and he, you know, this doctor shared, I am so sorry. And will you ever forgive me? And what I did I know cost the life of your child and I'm going to change the way I practice medicine because of grace and what I've learned here today. And so I knew right there, we were going to save a lot of lives. So as it happened, God was healing my heart. God was showing me that there is recompense in the kingdom of God and that he Mm -hmm. is advocating for me and that he wasn't pleased with it either. And he was angry about it as well, but he said he would care for me till I get there. And then there would be a greater measure of joy. There would be a greater measure of blessing that there would be, you know, that yes, I had lost, but he, he didn't take it lightly. And, and, and I saw this like massive, like lake and um, imagined everyone's choices being pebbles and rocks and all of those ripples would bounce into each other from all over. Like if you could take everyone in the world and we threw in this decision, this decision, this decision, and then that collides and collides, all of our choices have all these ramifications. And if you're listening to the father of lies and you're, you're, you're entertaining what he's telling you to do, Hmm. those things are really going to affect the other shores of other people and, 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 and intersect in their, their choices and decisions with travesty, with hardship, with hurts, with pains, Versus you send out these ripples of love and these ripples of, you know, honor and respect Mm -hmm. and appreciation and tenderness and care and how that affects all of the intersections uh, as those ripples go out. And and it was like, wow, you know, really, you know, there's that song, thank God for unanswered prayers, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like God God, he, in his sovereignty, cannot answer every single person's prayer because the ramifications of that, if he played it out would, would be total control It'd be puppeteering and, and nobody would be able to, um, have pleasure and enjoy their lives. Uh, cause somebody else would be praying opposite to what you Come want. On. Preach girl. Holy cow. That's a good so, word. Um, so, you know, through that time I had to come to the end of myself. I had to 
do, you know, make a choice. There was another choice. And, you know, it reminded me, do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. Mm. Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. Three times. And it was for three times that he denied him. Yeah. They, they marry up, you know, for the three times he denied me. And and each time he's like, I, I know I do love you. Do you, do you love me? And I felt like I was in that place. Like candy, do you love me? Hmm. do you love me even though even with this situation will you still love me and you know and a covenant is a choice just like a mirror when they disappoint you or treat you yeah it's a choice do you love me yeah at the bottom you know of it all at the end of the day of it all I I love you I choose you Hmm. still and so that's that's where my faith journey I choose him even, even though things can be hard, it doesn't change who he is. And I don't believe he did that to me. I I really don't believe he's in the business of killing babies. I, I believe that he does let life play out and there is times that he can resurrect, but in this situation, in his knowledge, he knew there would be far greater damage done to the kingdom of darkness. When I got on board and my husband got on board to work this out for good, you know, giving, he would give us beauty for ashes and versus raising her to life. Now, sometimes raising a child to life will bring more, you know, impact to the kingdom of darkness. But in our situation, God saw that this would be something that would, would have long-term effects and, and bless and help and uh, bring many people to faith. We've led many people to faith through, through our story. Yeah. And you, I mean, this is an amazing story and there's, there's so much, there's so much to your story. You have been on many, um, news stations. You, you have these care packages that you go in. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the couple of the services that you, that you provide? Um, and also what you're, what you're looking for. I know you're looking for volunteers. You're looking for some leaders. Um, so share a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you know, when I lost Grace, I didn't even have, you know, we didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> this is a long time ago, right? And, and so there was a disposable camera. The nurse came in and we have 24 pictures and most of them look like something the police would do in a homicide investigation. She's naked. She's not in a pleasing position. She's not in anything cute or sweet. She's just laying mm-hmm. on the, you know, mm-hmm. on the table. And and it's not something I would share publicly with anyone. And that really bothered me. I have, I have a couple pictures that turned out okay, but you know, they're blurry a little bit. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and I didn't have anyone walking me through all of what to do and what my rights were. And so I left with an enormous amount of regret. I, I was so terrified and, you know, this baby is dead and wobbly and, and, you know, has blood skin tears and blood. And, you know, there's, there was just, it was frightening. And so I, I realized we've got to do this better. There has to be a better improved standard of care in how we help families who go through these tragic tragedies. Yeah. So little by little, it just began to develop. We started to create these care packages. They were baskets initially and, and, you know, a blanket to put the baby in a bear and handprint kits and hand and foot molding kits. And, you know, they've evolved to be um, very, very comprehensive with beautiful literature that walks people through what to do. And see a lot of hospitals, they'll give out, for example, a bear or blanket or a figurine or something, or they'll um, give a book. A lot of hospitals give a book. I have yet to meet a woman in labor who will read a book. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Women don't read books in labor. So the book may be fantastic and have great information, but it's too, too late. They find, they read the book months after when they're finally ready to sit down and mentally take in a book. And they're like, I wish somebody would have told me this all that time ago. So our literature is, you know, staggered pages. You can pull out and you can see the title and know, is this something that applies and I need to read it right now? And yeah. it can be interpreted by, you know, it can be read by an interpreter if they don't speak the language. And, um, and so whether it's a 13-year-old rape victim or a 45-year-old woman after 10 IVFs, like it's, it's meant to be able to be comprehended, comprehended yeah. by anyone and, and not dumbed yeah. down, but just clear. And so it really has very detailed information about what their choices are, what they're going to be going through. For example, a lot of people don't realize your breast milk still comes in even when you have a loss and they have to deal with that. You know, that's a very painful situation. And so anyway, so the, the care packages are beautiful. We have, uh, um, a memorial candle with a baby foot charm and a memorial bracelet with a heart and baby foot charm. These are all handmade by our volunteers. We have mm. wedding gowns that are donated and women make these into beautiful burial gowns. We have cozy sleepers so that while the parents are holding their baby, they're in something beautiful and soft. Mm-hmm. We have hats and, you know, headbands and sashes and and we have booties and we have, you know, uh, just a, a journal and many books and, and a lot of different things. So when people get this, what they hear is, we see you, mm. we value you, we care yeah. about your journey and your baby matters. Yeah. Your baby's life is significant mm. and we're validating your grief right now and your right to do this the way you need to do it. Right. And so all of that has come through a lot of trial and error and hearing feedback from people of what is you know important to them and what they, what they like and and so we provide these to hospitals that can buy them in advance to have in the event there's a loss and to crisis um, pregnancy centers and also to clinics. And yeah. um, we ask that they contribute um, and we raise the funds for the, the rest, because if we were to ask how much we need of our actual cost, a lot of people might not do it because it costs so much to get all that put together. Yeah. And so um uh, and then we never charge the bereaved parents. So if, if a parent is, you know, needing that and calling themselves, but most of the time it's a friend, a family member, or a care provider requesting it on their behalf. Yeah. yeah. And they can also get it for a miscarriage at home or a home birth. Um, and, and so, and then beyond that, we run support groups in person and on zoom, people can join on zoom and, okay. um, and then, you know, we're, we're just, we're wanting to grow and do more, but it requires greater involvement by people who have the skills and the talents yeah. necessary to do it. Yeah. So we're in that tension right now of we can do so much with this platform and what we have, but do you want to join us and run with us? Do you mm-hmm. want to come on board and take your skills and your knowledge and help us take it to the next level? Yeah. There's so much to be done. And I'm going to tell something, this is hard to say, it's hard to say, hard to hear, but one of our hospitals, for example, that we we've been serving, we normally, they have about 30 losses a year, and this is their numbers three years ago. Last year, they had 274. Oh my gosh. And this is a labor delivery unit of a, a a regular size hospital. Why such a jump? We could, we could discuss that on another podcast, but um, there's. There's a lot of things going on, things with COVID things. There's a lot and there's a lot more babies dying. So when I started our foundation, you know, one in four couples was, uh, I mean, one in eight couples was infertile and now it's one in four. And 
you know, it was one in six couples lost a baby. Now it says one in four, but I believe it's one out of every two. I think wow. that there's so much loss. And cause a lot is never reported, especially yeah. people at home. They don't call somebody and tell anyone. Yeah. So we don't have the real numbers. And so this is affecting so many people. And then, and then a lot of people lose the baby and then never can get pregnant again. Or the infertility is defined as one year of trying without protection or three consecutive losses. Okay. So, um, it's a lot more. And so we need help. We need people yeah. who know PR and uh, know how to do, um, you know, operational management and know how to expand something and grow something and, and, and make it available so that there's nobody who could say, I don't have resources. I went through yeah. this alone. I didn't yeah. have help. I didn't right. know what I was doing. I, I, you know, and on the prevention side, cause we have two sides of what we do. We're helping people through grief and, and we're also helping them with, um, you know, protection and, and, yeah. and bringing babies here safely and, and helping them in their infertility journey to have the ability to carry a baby to life. And, and then if they are not doing either and they want to adopt, a lot of adoptions are very, very difficult and uh, mm-hmm. challenging. They need a lot of support to get through the adoption journey. Yeah. And, um, and so we have a lot of families in our, in our organization who actually have adopted and they're like ready to help someone else. Like, let me help yeah. you, let me guide you. Let me give you ideas and suggestions. And so we want to connect people. We want to be a connecting organization. So yeah. we're looking partners and people to join us. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are hearing candy and you're thinking, I want to volunteer, I want to donate, or I feel like that is me. I want you to go to her website. It's missinggrace.org. M-I-S-S-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E.org. O-R-G. And then Candy also has a website that is for her speaking opportunities to get learn more information about the book. Um, and that is her name, which is C-A-N-D-Y-M-C-V-I-C-A-R.com. And that also is with the book that it was co-written by Gary Chapman, who also wrote The Five Love Languages, um, which is a very amazing book as well. Um, So I really want to encourage you to go out there, get her book, go to her website, um, reach out about volunteering. Um, And she's not just looking for volunteers to help with the packages. Candy's also looking for leaders. So if you're hearing, if there's a tug in your spirit, there's a tug within you, or you're like, that's me. This is what I've been looking for. Or I know this friend or I know this neighbor, please reach out. And what, how can they reach out to you? Cause I see the, the website email is support at missinggrace.org. Is there, is there a different website or, or email? That's the email. Perfect. Support at missinggrace.org will reach me. And um, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us too at 763-497-0709. And that's also on the website and that will reach me. Um, so I, I would love to talk to you and hear your dreams and your hopes and and see how we could work together and partner. Um, that would be amazing. And, yeah. uh, you know, we have, we have so much ahead of us. There's so many good things. Like I know people are looking around the world and going, the world is going crazy. There's a lot going on, but you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And somehow we have prevailed through some of the most horrific Mm -hmm. things throughout the -hmm. history of time. And we're still here. So we are here for such a time as this. And there's something beautiful that comes when we come together and we say, we choose life. We choose joy. We Mm -hmm. choose to be present. We choose to be honoring. We choose to help others. You know, we're going to love God and love and serve others. And, 
you know, um, I have a platform for you to join to do that with me. And I love to support others in what you're doing. You know, if you need yeah. somebody to speak hope and life into you and you, you're just needing a little encouragement, give me a call. I would love to be able to do that for you and help you with your journey to thrive and in the areas God's calling you to do. And, um, you know, we just got to do this together. We got to be there for each other. Absolutely. And I can just attest to Candy is exactly like what she sounds like. <laughs> she will talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. She loves on mamas one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, you are absolutely amazing, Candy. It's been such an honor to have you on and share even just a part of your story. So I would love it if you could pray for us, pray for the listeners, pray for us, pray for whoever you feel Holy Spirit leads you to pray for. Oh, I would be honored. Thank you. Father God, we just come before you right now and we we just want to lift up to you all the listeners. Lord, those people who've decided to tune in, there's a reason they're hearing this message. Father God, I ask that you would touch the deepest places of them, giving them the inspiration by the Holy Spirit to do what they are supposed to do with this message. However, that is Lord. And I, I pray God, if, if they're called to be able to join or to help or to support or to get involved and give them confirmation, make it very clear. And Lord, if this is just to encourage somebody who's in a hard place right now, Father, I pray that you just flood them full of hope, flood them full right now of your peace, Lord God, your presence. Lord, if they are grieving and they're hurting or they are in anxiety or fear and that, that demon there and pray now in the name of Jesus, rebuke those spirits off these people, off these listeners right now, that they would be free from anxiety, free from fear, and free from a heavy weight of the spirit of grief. I pray, God, you would uplift them, that you would strengthen them, that you would lift their countenance, that you would bless them. And Lord God, that you would show them you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the one who opens doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. You are the almighty God, the Prince of Peace, our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Lord God, I pray for supernatural provision for everyone listening today. Lord, whatever that is, a financial provision, a provision of friendship, a provision of strengthening of marriage, Lord, to, to be able to know how to love each other well, a provision for their children if they're going through something and they just don't have the right resources. Lord God, you provide right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, for you to unite us. Lord, I just pray for a unified um, bringing together, Lord, that through Heidi's podcast, you will be a connector of people. Lord, that there will be people who have new ministries they forge together and partnerships that are forged and people who were at a place of hopelessness and, and not having direction to, that now they know. They know what they're supposed to do and they have clarity and discernment. Lord, I pray you would use Heidi's podcast mightily to touch people and connect people, Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, that you are for us and not against us. So you are doing a mighty work in your kids. And I thank you that we are here for such a time as this. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide us, that you would lead us, and that you would be ahead and hem us in and go before us, Lord God. And Lord, we just trust you and we glorify you and we praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Candy. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, Heidi. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.